All right. We'll turn to the book of Titus. If your Bible is like mine, the whole book fits on two pages. So, the book of Titus, that's page 1118. If you have a Bible just like mine, you probably don't. Um, I discovered something uh, years ago. I was looking for a new Bible. And I, I was just kind of looking through, and I, I wanted a particular translation, and so I was, I was looking through, it was a New King James, and, and, and I, I went through, and no, I don't like that one, and I, I'm really picky, and I'm cheap. That really makes for a bad combination with a lot of things. And so I, I was looking through, and I said, ooh, I like that. And I thought, well, why is that different than the other Bible? So, so I turned around, I looked, and it was a large print Bible. Yeah, and then I found out I found out they make a giant print. It comes in three volumes, <laughs> about that thick. Don't have one of those just yet. So the book of Titus, I am excited. We're, we're getting ready to, to start a really a new set of series. So I'll, I'll just kind of lay out the map for you. And when I do this, you're like, this is going to take us a while. That's okay. I'm not going anywhere. Neither are you. So, so um, we're going to go through the pastoral epistles. That's the letters, epistle sounds funny to us, that pastoral letter. So, so we're going to do Titus, then we'll do First and Second Timothy. And then, so after we finish that, I want to begin, and I just want us to just to walk through the New Testament, uh, beginning with, I haven't decided if I want to start Matthew or John first, but, but beginning with the Gospels, and then through Acts, and then the letters to the churches. So so just so you know, kind of where we're going, and I know you're thinking, we're not going to finish that this year. No, we're not. So, um, but, but I just want us to, to do that, just to get a kind of a comprehensive view of the life and ministry of Jesus and, and then the church as, as we go along. So, so that's where we're headed. But I wanted to start with the, the pastoral epistle, epistles, the pastoral letters. And, and I just wanted to do Titus because we haven't done that here um, that I can remember. Uh, it, it's been a little while, 14 years yeah, I had hair when I started, not really, um, but, but I, I just wanted us to, to, to be able to do this. Uh, there's so much, well, anytime we open God's word, there's so much we can learn, but particularly as a church, as we look at the issues that, that the Apostle Paul addressed, um, and, and this is with a pastor, this is Pastor Titus, that sounds funny, doesn't it? Uh, I only know one person named Titus, like that's living, and he's a pastor's kid, and, and so uh, that's not a name you commonly hear, but some of you are now like, ah. So let me help you out. We're not going to have any more kids, or we don't, I should never, should not say never. Um, it's not in our plan to have any more kids, so I can't really, like, have a son and name him Titus. Um, but it's a good name for a cat. <laughs> Titus. It's a good, strong name, isn't it? Don't name a girl, Titus. That would be weird. So the book of Titus, and, and what I want to do is read for you the, just the, the little brief introduction that the Apostle Paul gives us. And, and, and just so you guys know, uh, the, the letters, the, the manuscripts in the New Testament particularly, but it was the same with the Old, um, whenever they would write, it, it was a scroll basically. It, it wasn't like ours. Uh, when, when you get a letter... It either has, a, some of them will have, you know, like the return up there, but you can look at the end and see who signed it, but you couldn't hear. So all of the, the greetings would, would contain who wrote the letter and why they were writing it, basically. 
And so the Apostle Paul is the writer, and, and he begins with really his, his, his introduction here. Here's what he says, verses 1 through 4 in Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness and hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began. And at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching with which I have been entrusted by the command of God, our Savior. So that's who it's from. It's from Paul. He's the one writing it to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God, the father and Christ Jesus, our Savior. So so we can begin with a who and and, and this is a, a, the. Anytime I, I, I begin a, a new message, we, we have to kind of do introduction. And so uh, you're probably thinking, where's the spiritual content? We're going to get to that in, in a minute. But, but the who, so we've got Paul who's writing it. This is the Apostle Paul, once the, the persecutor of the church, turned to proclaimer of the gospel, actually met Jesus. Um, Jesus appeared to him. Some of you are like, no, he didn't. He did. Jesus appeared to him. Paul talks about this. And one of the qualifications for an apostle is they had to have met the Lord. They had to have been um, called by Jesus as an apostle. So one of the things we don't think about, this is in Acts uh, chapter 9, that that, we, that wasn't just a vision. Paul didn't, you know, just, just get heat stroke or something and have a vision where Jesus called. Jesus, the risen Lord Jesus, actually appeared to Paul and called him as an apostle. And Paul alludes to that in almost every single letter. And it's not a braggy kind of thing that the Apostle Paul is doing. The Apostle Paul is affirming God's call on him and the authority with which he writes. So he met Jesus, Paul did, and he was called by Jesus as an apostle. And he's writing to this guy named Titus. And he calls him my true son or true child in the common faith. Interesting. That he says that. So the who is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy, Paul talks, he says that he's a a fellow, he's a partner and and fellow worker. He says that in in 2 Corinthians 8, uh, 23. Really, all we know about Titus in here uh, from the book of Titus is just that Paul calls him a true child of the faith. That makes me believe that the apostle Paul led him to the Lord or was instrumental in his coming to faith. In Christ. The other things that we know from about Titus just comes from different parts, different letters that Paul has written. So Paul mentions him here uh, first. He mentions him in Galatians chapter 2, 1 through 3, and he talks about him here as an uncircumcised Gentile. Now, one of the things that really interests me, wow, we're going to have to move fast, aren't we? One of the things that really interests me uh, with Scripture, uh, particularly the, the New Testament, but the Old Testament does too, I don't know if you've ever talked with people in, uh, about the Bible, and they're not church people. They're probably not believers. And, and they say, I don't know how you believe any of that. All that is just made up. Listen, nobody goes to the length of detail that Scripture does when you make up stuff. Uh, in, in fact, I, I, I'm gonna, I'll help you out here. Kids, plug your ears. When you're going to make up a story, you put as little detail in there as possible. Okay? When your parents say, hey, did you, you know, and you're going to make up a story, you want as little, you don't want them to be able to check stuff out. It was sometime last week, you know, did, 
Did you get into my purse? This is mom talking in case you're wondering. Did you get into my purse? Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I might have looked in there sometime, you know, last week or last month. You know, make it as vague. Did you take, you know, that $20 bill? Um, you know, you, you just want to make it as vague as you can. You don't, don't really do this, kids, by the way. When you're making up a story, you don't put a lot of detail in it because you don't want them to be able to check it out. The Apostle Paul, when he's talking about Titus and Galatians, he's talking that, that he's an uncircumcised Gentile. Why would that make any difference at all? Why would the Apostle Paul put that in there? Well, one, it's true. But secondly, is that, remember, Paul was called as an apostle, and he began with the Jews, but particularly to the Gentiles. The big issue... In the early church, don't you wish this was the only issue we had, although this one's significant. The big issue in the early church, or the first big issue, was do you have to become a Jew to be saved? And there were Jews that were saying, oh yeah, yeah, you, you, boy, you got to be a Jew to be saved. And, and the, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, they're saying, look, what we've seen is that there are Gentiles that are coming to faith in Christ. And they're being baptized. They're being filled with the Holy Spirit, which was God's seal of saying, yes, I, I have come upon you. You are saved. And that we receive the Holy Spirit, not in a, a weird flip over the pew kind of way, but, but that God seals us with this Holy Spirit. And they were saying, look, we've seen this happen with Gentiles. They didn't have to become Jews. And so that was a big deal. The, the council in Jerusalem, what they decided, you know, they get all the church leaders together, was it, no, you don't have to be a Jew to be saved. Some of you are going, that's not a problem for me. Sometimes we kind of feel like that. But, but a Gentile can be saved. So, so Timothy was a Gentile that Paul had circumcised. Because his ministry was going to be to a lot of Jewish people. But Titus was going to be a minister to the Gentiles. So so. Paul said, look, there's no need. You're going, to be, you're going to be ministering. You're going to be preaching. This is Pastor Titus. You're going to be preaching. You're going to be pastoring Gentiles. Stay, stay like you are. And then we see that, that he was mentioned in, in, in connection with Paul's trip to Corinth. And then finally in, in Macedonia, it says uh, that Titus met uh, the, the apostle Paul. You know, the, the, he wrote, Paul wrote the, the letter to the Corinthians addressing that was a messed up church. It's always fun for us to read that because when we start feeling bad about the way we do stuff, you read Corinthians and we're like, oh, we're not anywhere like that. But, but we get some good instruction from Paul. And so Paul was addressing a lot of things in, in the church in Corinth in that letter. And, and Titus was the one who brought back news to Paul saying, look, God has done a work there. And then Paul from that wrote the second letter to the Corinthians. So that's Titus. He's a pastor. He has traveled a lot with Paul. Paul was his mentor. And, and if we want to extrapolate just a little bit. Paul was his father in the faith. And so Paul is writing to Pastor Titus. And, and that's kind of the, just a little backdrop. So what is Paul saying? What, what is the, this letter that the Apostle Paul is writing? What, what instructions is he giving him? Well too broad. Uh, really categories or areas he was giving him the qualifications for elders we're going to get into this a whole lot when we get to that and, and that's actually coming up but not today 
just you know, I'm watching the time. The blizzard coming. We have seven to three to seven millimeters of snow that we might get. But the apostle Paul writes for for um, Titus the qualifications for elders. Now we're Baptist church, so we don't use the word elder a whole lot. Um, but and we'll get into this a lot more. But let me just let me let you know, just so you're thinking. The, the word bishop actually means overseer in Scripture. Overseer, elder, and the shepherd, the pastor, all the same guy. Every time in Scripture, the New Testament, every time it writes, whether it's saying bishop or overseer, whether it's saying elder or whether it's saying shepherd or pastor, it's all always the same guy. That's not three different guys in Scripture. Same guy. And so one of the things that the Apostle Paul was writing to Titus, this pastor, uh, was the qualifications for elders, for the overseer, the pastor guys. And the reason was he had left Titus in Crete so that Titus could appoint elders. And, and so the Apostle Paul is saying, Titus, these are the kind of guys that you need to appoint as elders. And so we'll, we'll dig into that in, in a week or so. But the qualifications for elders, this is one of the places that we look to find out who can be a pastor. We call them pastors. Elder, pastor, overseer. Um, I kind of like Bishop L.H. Evans. No. That sounds a, sounds a little too pompous for me. But overseers, pastor, same guy. The second thing, and, and really kind of the, the, the crux of even in over, over, for um, Titus appointing elders, overseers, the crux of it is the Apostle Paul knew that there were some false teachers in Crete. And so there's warnings against false teachers. Now, we'll hit this as we get to it. But a lot of times when I hear the word false teachers, I think of fake teachers. Well, don't make a mistake. These were real teachers, but they were teaching false things. And, and boy, that'll mess you up. And I know we live in a day and age where you can listen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. And, and, and let me, I, I know sometimes God wakes us up in the middle of the night and, and, and that when there's hardly any distractions, you know, there aren't too many distractions at 3 a.m. unless you got a little one and then those aren't good distractions. But, but be careful who you listen to. Be careful. Even, even from this pulpit when it's me, always line it up with God's Word. And, and those guys that are on at 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, be careful. <laughs> um, there's a reason they're not on prime time. I'm just saying. So qualifications for elders, because that was one of the main things Paul left Titus and Crete for, was to appoint elders pastors, overseers, but also to warn against false teaching. So where was it? I've already alluded to it. This is the island of Crete, um, which must have been a tough place because there were a lot of Cretans there. Yeah. But the Apostle Paul even mentions that, not in this letter, but, you know, all Cretans are liars. I mean, that's a reputation they had. And, and so you can see how there would be, in a, in a culture like that, a lot of opportunity for false teaching, a lot of opportunity to stray from the truth. And, and so the, it's the island of Crete. Paul had been there. 
And, and so he sent Titus there. Titus, you need to appoint elders, overseers in this area. Here are their qualifications because they need to be able to teach the truth. Sound doctrine is what Paul uh, really harps on here. And, and so that's the, the why. Where do you hit there? I jump from the where to the why real fast. The false teaching. Because they need, how do you counteract false teaching? I, I know we, we do some of this. Um, you know, we can say, hey, you just need to know this group, when they say God, this is really who they're talking about. When they say Jesus, this is who they're talking about. They're using the same vocabulary, but a different dictionary than we use. And sometimes that's important for us to know as, as we deal with, with different groups. But the best, best way to counteract false teaching is to learn the truth. Sound doctrine. And the issue here was false teaching. And Paul said, you need to be aware of that. You, you need to hone in on the truth. You need to, to stand on the foundation of the word of God. And I'll just say this. This is the little toy that comes with the Happy Meal. We have one authority as far as truth. And it's the word of God. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the word of God. Anyone else, any group else, any denomination or whatever that says that they have other revelation, that they have other sources of truth, run. Um, because... If it's anything in addition to this, it always will end up superseding this. You understand? The Bible. If it's a person, and they say God reveals truth through this person, it'll supersede Scripture. If it's another book, and they say that God has given us, in addition to the Bible, this other book, then the other book will supersede the Bible. This is our authority. And in this day and age, I know, you know that, that, that that sounds really intolerant, and, and, and I guess it is. Because truth is what God says. And there's nothing else. Hone in on the truth that we find in Scripture. That was the introduction, so let me get to the... <laughs> let me get to the conclusion. <laughs> the theme... That, that we're really going to hit on as we go through this letter that Paul writes to Pastor Titus. I like saying that. The, the theme we can find in Titus 2, 11 through 14. He says, and, and in Titus 3, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Mind you, Paul's writing to Titus, who is ministering to Gentiles. That had been the big issue. Training us to renounce ungodliness <clears throat> and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness. And to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Then Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us, 
in righteousness. But according, according to his great mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. <clears throat> this is the theme that's got, that we're going to see repeated over and over. And here it is. Uh, I'll give you the theme and then we'll, we'll talk about how that fleshes out in, in just a couple of ways. One is that Christianity works from the inside out. For, for those of us who are in Christ, for those of us who are believers, here's what we need to know. And, and, and even as we reach out to a community, as we reach out to people who are without Christ, here's what you need to know, that Christianity, that is following Christ, the way God works in our lives as believers, is from the inside out. We, we usually like to try to work from the outside in. Get a new believer and we say, you need to stop doing that. You need to stop doing that. You need to stop doing that. And, and what have we just told them? We've just told them that salvation is by works. Now, now justification, that's usually what the only thing we think of salvation. When we first come to faith in Christ, our sins are washed away. We're forgiven. The, the, the debt God has canceled the record of debt of our sin. We, that's justification. That's not all there is in salvation. We have this sanctification. And the Apostle Paul is quick to say, just as you receive Christ, so are you to walk in him. You receive him by grace through faith. And that's the way that you walk in him. But when we go to someone, either it's someone else or ourselves, and we say, man, I need to do this, or I need to stop this, and I need to quit this, and I need to... Pick back up with this. When we focus on the works first, what we're saying is that salvation's by works. And I'm going to make myself look like Jesus by working on the outside stuff. It just doesn't work that way. Now, we can, we can try. Um, I, I, I like that we're involved in, in the clock melodramas, and those are fun. Um, and I can pretend for an hour or two. But listen, when I try to pretend in life, people catch on really quickly and your family's the first. It just doesn't work. Christianity works from the inside out. And you'll see that time and time again in Scripture. Someone comes to faith in Christ. He changes their hearts. And then what they do changes. Let me give you two things associated with this. One, right living comes from right teaching. You want your outside to be right? Well, you've got to get your inside right. Get into God's word. Now, if you have false teaching, then that messes everything up. Right teaching is what produces right living. We need to remember that. The second one is this, that we become what we think. For a man, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. We become what we think. Action is shaped by belief. And that's why I think James says, you say you have faith. Good for you. That's the Larry paraphrase. You say you have faith. Good for you. I want to see it in your works. You, you say you're a Christian, good for you. 
I want to see it by the way you live. You say Jesus Christ is your Savior, good for you. I want to see it in the way that you treat other people. Now, mind you, don't forget, Christianity works from the inside, but it always works out. From the inside out. And that's something that Paul hammers on in Titus as we go. The theme is that Christianity works from the inside out. So let me, let me challenge you today as we close. Are you being changed from the inside out? Now, now I know we hit seasons in our life where that's harder to see. For those of you who are brave, really brave, ask your spouse. Am I being changed? Can you see God at work in me? Am I different today than, than I was last week and last month? If you want to be really brave, ask your teenager or your preteen. I would encourage you to do that particularly with the kids. Because that's why we lose a lot of kids between 18 and 23 is they didn't see a real living faith in their parents. So the challenge for you, let me challenge you this. Let me ask you this. Are you being changed from the inside out? Is God working and moving in your heart? Can, can you tell? Can your spouse tell? Can your kids tell? Can your grandkids tell? Can the people you work with tell? Can your neighbors tell? Because we, you know, we're here for an hour. We can, we can pretend here. Um, I'm not a great actor, but I can pretend for an hour. Are you being changed from the inside out? And if you answer no or I don't know, And it's simply a matter of coming to Christ and saying, something's wrong. God, something's wrong. I can't tell that you're working in my heart. And, and either, whether you're a believer who's gotten away from the truth, maybe you're not spending time with God in his word, maybe you're not spending time with him in prayer, and you've gotten away, either that's happened, you're a believer who's begun again to look like the world, getting into the flesh, or maybe you never came to the place where you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let me tell you, both of those can be changed in an instant. You don't work your way to God. You don't work your way back <laughs> to God. You just go to him and say, God, change me, would you? Something wrong in my heart. Would you come into my heart? Uh, we, we mentioned it, Jim did this morning in Sunday school, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. 
That last part, the way that I see it is this, inviting God into every area of your life. Lord, would you come in? Would you change me? And I promise you, not because of anything that depends on me, but because God said it in his word, I promise you, if you pray that prayer, God, would you come in and change me? Would you save me from my sin? Would you cleanse me from my sin? Would you forgive me of my sin? He will. You you might be saying, you know, I find myself doing that a lot. Good, that's called sanctification. (laughs) God, would you change me? Would you do it in such a way that everybody around me knows? Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we do ask that you would work on our hearts. Conviction is not comfortable. If it was, then it would never produce change. God, we thank you for the conviction that comes through your word by your spirit. And and Lord, if if there's anybody here who had to say, you know what, I, I just don't know that I'm being changed. I don't think I can tell. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just convict them, draw them to you. And that that today that they would come to you by faith and ask for forgiveness. That they would confess that they're not right with you. That they would repent, turn away from that and, and ask for the forgiveness and the cleansing that only comes from you. God, whether that's someone who's never come to faith in Christ or whether it's someone who's been a believer for more than 30 years, In any case, we ask that you would do that. We ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.